This is Joe Caramagna, writer and letterer at Marvel Comics, and you're listening to Mighty Marvel Geeks. USB microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... This is urgent. We need a response team. We're already putting together the best man. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. <laughs> it's a plan. It's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're, we're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am Groot. That I did know. These people may be isolated, unbalanced even, but I believe with the right push, they can be exactly what we need. Suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, sir. We're online and ready. And welcome to another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. It is the intrepid duo this week, because Eric, well, what's there to say? Hang on to them hats and glasses. Because he's on a geriatric gerbil rodeo this week. Yep. Uh, Only way to put it. I think that is the only way you can put it. So, um, lots of news. Well, not a lot of news. Uh, it's semi-slow week, but uh, we got some stuff we could cover. Oh, yeah. Um, of course, we are going to discuss Captain America issue number two of the Steve Rogers title. And, uh, but we'll get to that here in a bit. Um, starting off, we talked last week about the, um, the trains in San Diego, uh, having some event, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. wrap with a fire chain on it. Yep, we did. Well, um, there's a casting call that fuels more Ghost Rider rumors. Uh, according to Screen Rant, uh, Marvel Comics properties have been dominating the big screen for years now, but the small screen is a different story. Uh, DC has been dominating, which should make our friends over at DC Superpowers podcast happy. Um, <laughs> they got to have some glimmer of hope. Oh, yeah. um, but now that Agent Carter has been canceled and the network series Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, has kind of moved into the death spot and is still the, the flagship representation on ABC, at least until Damage Control debuts, if it debuts. Um, the move so far ha- has been to keep the major characters on the big screen and over on Netflix uh, with hit darker tone series like Daredevil, Jessica Jones, uh, upcoming Punisher, Netflix. Uh, now, an San Diego Comic-Con teaser ad and casting call are creating real buzz about the possibility of Ghost Rider being added to the fourth season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. You know, well, okay, here's the thing. Because I, uh, I was thinking, of, no, I saw this story, and, you know, I kind of had that Whiskey Tango Foxtrot moment. But there, there is something that we should consider, what comes out in November. True. Well... Continue on, uh, it'd be a huge move to add a character like Ghost Rider to a network TV series instead of moving the character right into the darker, more adult themed series on Netflix. Uh, uh, I disagree. 
I disagree. The, inclu- the inclusion of a major and recognizable Marvel hero can only serve to elevate Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, with the audience. Uh, again, I disagree there as well. Maybe have Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. investigate Hell's Kitchen slightly and bring in Daredevil, bring in Jessica, bring in Luke Yeah, for one or two episodes. Yes, definitely. And, and kind of explain why they're doing what they're doing. Right. Um, and maybe even Patsy Walker as Hellcat. Um, because Ritter... It's got TV experience from mm-hmm. um, the B and 2B. Um, the actress playing Patsy Walker's got experience as well, if I remember right. Yeah, I believe so. Um, so, uh, but they're, they continue on bringing in Ghost Rider to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And the fact that it's going to be in the later time slot, or the death slot as we've been calling it, um, which could allow for some edgier content. Uh, the question is, which Ghost Rider are we going to see, if any? The new casting call has leaked for the series, uh, points towards a modern incarnation, the supernatural anti-hero. Uh, as noted by comicbook.com, the casting call has gone out for a pair of Latino brothers, one characterized as a dangerous person, as the most dangerous person in the room, and the other paralyzed in a wheelchair. Could this, they're suggesting this could be, um, Robbie Ray's, and Ray's drives a flaming black muscle car instead of the traditional motorcycle, and carries his own distinctive look as Ghost Rider? which also happens to have a disabled brother named Gabe. So, could we have this Ghost Rider and then the other traditional Ghost Rider for Netflix? It's possible. I mean, it it would make for a good introduction to the character for those who are uninitiated or who haven't, you know. And and it still leaves... Uh, Johnny, the Johnny Blaze incarnation open for an adult theme series down the road. It does. So, the thoughts of getting a Ghost Rider, but not the Ghost Rider we know? What do you think? Okay, I would have to... Because, see, the thing is, I'm looking at this as someone who has a history with Marvel, has a deeper-than-average knowledge of his, uh, of Marvel, you know? Um, I would be okay with something like this. Uh, I think that for someone who is a more casual Marvel fan or somebody who mainly just watches a TV series, this may be huge because I, I, I still think a lot of people are sitting out there waiting for that superhero moment. Um, i not saying that the Inhumans didn't give them that to a certain degree. Right. But but it wasn't recognizable like Ghost Rider would be. Uh it's and and you know, you know, they may just want to pull out all the stops. True. And True. you know, especially since they're in a ten o'clock time slot, why hold back? Right. I don't know. It'll be interest, interesting to see. I mean, Ghost Rider, uh, obviously we, we played out the Inhumans quite possibly, except for Daisy and the Secret Warriors, if we go that way. Still, which doesn't, which I think if we do that, we're still not going to have Daisy as the lead at the moment. No. Um, but what does this mean for the Inhumans? 
Oh, well, it's an interesting, uh, it's interesting that you brought that up. Uh, because, well, prior to Marvel's more, more recent announcements regarding Phase 3 and a possibility of what we could see in Phase 4, uh, it's interesting that we get, uh, well, it, it seems that it was a, a problematic move to introduce the Inhumans in Marvel, in, in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because, uh, what you got was a, uh, I would say it was a Marvel's next, uh, next best, uh, property to having mutants, if I'm allowed to say that. And so, you know, we end up with Inhumans and the interesting thing was that we were looking at an Inhumans movie uh, that was supposed to be coming down the road, but and it looked like that humans on Agents of Shield was going to serve as a mild introduction. Uh, and I guess to get people familiar so that when we get the movie, there wouldn't be a crowd of people saying, who are these people and why should I care? But at the same time, it seems that with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. being the, uh, I would say, the uh, supplement, supplementary show that it is, uh, and, and obviously feeling a little bit more separate from the MCU, especially after the first season, uh, it seems that that position has hurt the uh, chances of us seeing a uh, Inhumans movie. Because, uh, I mean, at this point, it looks like the Inhumans movie is completely moved off the docket. Uh, right. Although they're hinting that maybe we'll see it in Phase 4, but we're still... There's they're still that maybe. It's gone from we were definitely seeing it in Phase 3 to maybe in Phase 4. But, you know, the thing is, with, with the way the writing is appearing to look on the wall for the future of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Does that mean that maybe after a season or two, all of a sudden we're going to start seeing uh, the Inhumans, uh, the possibility of an Inhumans movie again? I mean, if you think about it, what we got, especially in the second half of the season, was a movie quality story. Right. Now, true, we did get to get a deeper uh, uh, story out of it because, you know, we got half a season as opposed to, you know, 90, 90 minutes to two hours. So we have that, but I don't... As far as us actually getting an Inhumans movie, especially after... Uh, it seems that the MCU itself or the powers that be over the MCU have obviously pulled back from the Inhumans presence in the larger MCU and just keeping it you no know, rele relegated to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I don't I, I really don't know. I, I, I'd be surprised to actually see them on the big screen. I I'd rather almost see them on Netflix at this point. I, you know, considering considering what some of the deeper stories are, and we have yet to see Black Bolt. Right. And seeing Black Bolt could be the common thread in a 13-episode season. Exactly. Or, so, or say even 16 episodes. He could be the common, and, he could be the common thread, but you could do two, three episodes of one story arc, and then the next story arc kind of crosses over. So, you know, the thing is, we still haven't seen Black Bolt yet. Uh, so, you know, it's, 
you know, for them to, uh, you know, that seems like that have been a great something to something to see on the big screen. Um, but you know, maybe it's something that we could see on Netflix uh, in a Netflix series. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think Netflix would be the better choice. Uh, there's more stories to be told. You, you could cover. You don't have to worry about limiting what Inhumans are are used in the in the story. Mm. Um, you could go directly to whatever one you want. Tell a little story. Give that little tell. Um, make a little love. Get down. I mean, wait. Um, <laughs> Something else. That's something else. <laughs> and, and since it's TV, I don't know if we have the TV rights to Fantastic Four. See that you know that's the thing I was thinking about too because then you could bring Human Torch into it. Exactly. And of course he he has the thing with what Medusa? Yeah, Medusa. So that's where we could go. Now, um Walt Disney News Today or WWDWNT.com. Uh they put up an interesting story that kind of has close to home with me because it's my park. And I haven't even heard this story. What? And this is where I don't lend a lot of credibility to this. Right. So we're going to call it Rumor. Big Rumor. It begins with a capital Rumor. Um, They're coming out and saying, Universe of Energy at Epcot likely to close soon for Guardians of the Galaxy attraction. If this was the case, you would think I would hear more of it, especially on the entertainment side. Because there's enough people who love the Marvel movies, especially in my department, and there are people who know who I am and what I do outside of work, I would get this information. So, according to them, um, it was reported earlier that Mission Space might get overlaid with a Guardians of the Galaxy theme. Um, it seems that rumor was incorrect, and instead, there are current plans for a lavish update. Um, there are currently plans for a lavish update on Mission Space that's on hold from Imagineering. Uh, and according to them, WDW News Today, they can't say much about that project yet, but it seems the Guardians of the Galaxy attraction that will replace Universe of Energy has already been approved and is moving forward. I don't think so. <laughs> I, th- you know, that's why I'm, I'm like, you would you would know. Because right now, if that was moving forward, plans would already be laid out. And it's not. If it was moving forward, then it's going to have to fall in line behind Avatar, behind Rivers of Light, which is kind of, yeah. Um, Star Wars, <laughs> the Star Wars section over at Studios, which hasn't really cracked ground yet. Just Toy Story. Um, yeah, I, I don't see them cracking ground to, unless they're going to just completely gut the building and keep the building. I don't see them doing anything like that at Epcot yet. Uh, okay, but, uh, and how long have you been? How long have you been with Disney? Uh, I'm a newbie. I've only been there 18 years. Uh, that's all? Just 18 years? Just 18. All right. So so you've been there, but you've been there long enough to know that if you hear something that's a rumor and it goes from rumor to announcement that, yes, we're doing this, How? Er, what's the earliest that you actually have heard a rumor that actually came to be? Um, usually we get notified through our 
cast internet. Right. Um, you know, the, 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 the cast member, um, internal network and something like that would be mentioned. Oh, hey, we're going to be doing this. Especially since, oh, we're closing Universe of Energy. Yeah, and that's exactly. So I'm like, you know, the thing is, like, um, I defer to you, you know, on news stories like this because I'm like, brave. (laughs) You're there, dude. I'm like, you know, you're there. You're, you know, you're your boots on the ground, and you know, you're 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 the shield presence at Disney. So hence why the laptop has a shield logo on it. Exactly. Although I know that Colson uh, ordered no no more logos on on the vehicles, but I mean these are pre Colson uh, stuff that we have, so it's it's okay. Well, the laptop right. laptops are okay. Devices are okay, just not vehicles. Oh, okay. Then then we're all right. So, because um, <laughs> you know, think about your device. Yeah, yeah, that I right mean, there. Yeah, you know, when I got my my phone from from the tech department, you know, of course, of of course, see, yeah, you know, the the lock screen. So, yeah. um, now, uh, <laughs> see, here's the fun part, and this is where they counterdict themselves. Um, rumors indicate that Bob Chapek, the new chairman at Walt Disney Parks and Resorts, was key in the decision. Chapek's Chapek spent three and a half years in charge of Disney consumer products, but this is his first role in the parks and resorts division of the company. If that's the case, he knows what the loopholes are or, or what the, the hurdles are trying to bring right. in Guardians. Because the Marvel rights still belong at Universal. The loophole with this is these characters are not present in the Universal Islands of Adventure Marvel Island. And it's based on on the characters that they have present, which they have gone after the more popular characters. Cap, Spider-Man, Thor, uh, Doom, Doom, Fantastic Four, Storm, Hulk, Cap. Um, I mean, pretty much that's it. Right. Now, now it is cool that outside the the Fantastic Four cafe, they do have what looks like um, the Fantastic Four family jet that you kind of see in the comics, but more from the the animated series. Ah, uh, man, I oh. So I, I have to say that Reed Richards definitely did not go to design school. I hate the way that his vehicles look. I hate them. Yeah, but to see to see it in person, even though it's kind of done up like tables, it looks kind of cool. That is, okay, that is cool. Um, that would be cool. But. So here's a guy who's been in consumer products. <laughs> Why are we being? Yes, the movie did awesome. Consumer product wise, I don't know if Guardians did that hot. Okay, now. Well, I, I you know Disney Store still pushes it. Yeah. Yeah. I you know the thing is you don't see you don't see people really walking around with a lot of Guardian swag. No. Okay, true. Everybody and their mama bought Awesome Mix Volume One, and I'm sure that. Uh, I'm sure Cosmic there's a lot mix. of I'm sure there's a lot of dancing groups out there as well, right? And, and I'm, I'm sure there's a ton of uh, uh, cosmic mixes out there. And you know, like I've seen my share of um, Guardians pop figures out there. True, but uh, you're, not, you're not seeing a lot of T-shirts. You're not seeing a lot no. of backpacks or anything else. No, no, no. Uh, 
you know, it's and that's not as as well as the movie did. And as much as I enjoyed the property, I uh, I don't want to be mean. I don't want to sound mean, but it's still not the Avengers. True. You know what I'm saying? It's not. True. And the truth is, Defenders is going to probably sell a little bit more swag well, than what we'll get from Guardians. How much Guardian stuff did you see in the t-shirt bins at Walmart? I didn't see a lot, but you no. see you see Avenger stuff left and right. Uh, you you'll see yeah, Rocket, Iron Man, Iron Man, Hulk. You'll see Rocket and Groot. Yeah, but it's still not a lot. Not a lot. No, not a lot. So um, they're saying Universe of Energy could close as soon as fall of 2016. Yeah, uh, we're, uh, we're talking from this recording <laughs> three months from now. Four uh, months from now. Uh, yeah, that would have already made the rounds at Epcot. Exactly. It, um, amongst the cast. Uh, that just, uh, mm-mm, no, no. Um, but this is the kicker that proves that this is pure speculation. But Disney has made no announcement of any closure as of yet. Disney announced as soon as they could announce that they were opening a Star Wars theme, anything, they did that as soon as they could. You would think that if that was the case, especially if we're talking about closing a highly popular ride to to make some changes, they would have announced that by now. Oh, yeah. Especially if that was going to happen in October, I mean, in the fall of this year. I mean, if they keep the space, it can, it can make a very cool venue. Because where do you go? Do you go to the prison? Oh. Do you start off in the prison? And then, I mean, do they keep the same ride cars? One, and turn right. into, like, shuttles. And if so, do you start off at the prison? Or do you start off at the space station? Or do you start off at Novacore? Wow. See, I mean, now you make me want to... What do you do? I, I can see potential. Dude, you're killing me here. You make me want to go and, like, watch Guardians again. So, I, I but you're right. I mean, or you could end up in um, nowhere. True. So, I, I don't I, know. I'm on the cast portal now. Right. Which is the Epcot, or the, the Disney um, Disney thing. Right. Uh, cast employee website. Right. I am now going to the guest tab. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to stop there. <laughs> uh, Epcot, attractions, and I'm trying to see if it's going to list anything about the ride go down. Uh, Universal energy, right? I believe that's right. what we're talking about. Yep. Oh, Ellen's energy adventure. Uh, okay, so hours, month. Uh, July, open. All month. August, it's running. September, running. <laughs> October running. And at that point, we're into autumn. And November, not posted yet. But I think we could probably make a good guess. Running. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, I, yeah, no, I... I'm sorry. I just can't. I, I just can't. <laughs> so, um, yeah. yeah. See, explain to me why stuff like this gets published. Meanwhile, the three people, of us. Because people have their hopes up. Because, there's mean, been, because California, they could do what they want. Because it's west of the Mississippi. We can't. <laughs> so stuff like this. Oh, the characters have only been out for one event. And that was a villain's party two years ago. One event. One night. I, that, I, uh, that, I, 
we, the three of us, you, we knock it out of the park on a regular basis. We call stuff three, six, nine, twelve months in advance. We don't publish any of our stuff, but our listeners can pretty much guarantee that if we call it ninety nine point nine nine eight seven six percent of the time, it's gonna happen. But yet, this stuff is what people are publishing. I don't get it. I, I just, I don't know. So I, I'm looking at um, the refurbishments calendar. Okay. And nothing's listed so far for July or August. Wow. Uh, come on. Give me October, September. September's empty. <laughs> and come on. There we go. There we go. Come on. October's empty. So nothing through October or be, it be on the calendar. I can promise so, you this. So listeners, uh, any of you that picked up this story and got super excited, we don't want we don't mean to dash your hopes, but you know, uh, pick and choose where you're getting your information. You know, um, like I said, you know, you, you we you have it, it right here with Mike. You have somebody who's right there, boots on the ground, that hears stuff as it's happening before it's happening. He's hearing it and he brings it to us. And unless, especially if it's something that inv- that's involving uh, Disney World, okay, I that. That's just wow. Yeah. See, I, I could tell you uh, Magic Kingdom set, it's got stuff because like October and November of this year, mm-hmm. the attraction based on or inspired the comic book Big Thunder Mountain Railroad is closed for refurbishment. I see that. Yes. Universe of Energy, nothing is scheduled. If it was moving forward and they were going to close it this fall, it would be on the flipping schedule. Oh my gosh, okay. So Jarvis, what do you have to say about all this? Because that area doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so why do people do this to get the hits Um, of course about the author the author has been seen regularly visiting Walt Disney World Resort from the time he was four months old while he has made made countless visits in the last 25 years he did not become a truly active member in the Disney fan community until summer of 2007 when he decided to launch WDW News Today website and podcast he has become a Orlando local and a, is a published author on Walt Disney World. Yeah. You know what? I'll see your made counts visits for 25 years to the amount of visits you've made in 25 years. I've probably surpassed in my 18 being there every single day. Oh my gosh. Um, I, I would, I, I'd love that your, vi- your number of visits to a location lends you credibility. I was, I'm sorry. I, apparently I should now be an expert on comic books because I, I visit my comic shop on a weekly basis. You know, just because I've been going to the bathroom for 45 years. (laughs) Go ahead. Doesn't make me an expert on crap. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, listeners, that's the quality journalism that you get with my Marvel geeks. (laughs) That right there. No, I'm I'm stepping, I'm, I'm stooping down. <laughs> because this oh is one of those times, this is one of those times that 45 years of experience yeah I, yeah this is crap and yes and I I, i'm done it. i'm it, done it, it's a little lumpy with light brown 
Oh, oh my. God, why do I have a sense of feeling? The energy what? adventure is crap. It's the name of the show. There you go. It's All right. Some, we, something's crap. We, 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 got, we, we, we got a title. <laughs> crap. Universe of energy. Crap. <sighs> crap. Guardians of energy. Guardians of energy. Guardians of energy. Oh, my gosh. I, I just. Uh, I'm, I don't know. <laughs> Galaxy of energy. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think that's it. Galaxy of energy. Galaxy of I energy. I remember this one though. Oh, Galaxy of energy. It's ri- It's done. It, it's real. <laughs> so, um, you know what else was crap? What? Batman, Heart, Superman, the flop of yeah. justice. Oh my god! I uh speaking of. <laughs> Now we had so uh, earlier this, well, in this week's um, Dare, uh, Deadpool Spidey issue uh, issue number six or Spidey Deadpool number six uh, in full pure Deadpool fashion. Now, mind you, this issue was written by Scott Ackerman, who is a host of um, Comedy Bang Bang uh, on IFC, which is also a podcast. I love Comedy Bang. Bang Bang. Yeah. But okay, I, I tried to show this to my wife, and she's like, why is this funny? And I'm like, this is hilarious. But see, I have that weird sense of humor, okay? And, and I know I'm weird, so whatever. Anyway. No, you're not weird. The rest of the world is weird. Yeah, that's what it is, dude. That's exactly what it is. That, that comes they from just- 45. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> So, all right, so what we have in this issue are not one, but two, two uh, jabs at uh, superhero movies. One is a direct jab at Bat Heart Soup. Okay, so we have a panel, and you see you see uh, Deadpool and Spidey walking down the street. And apparently, they had just seen a movie. They just, they just saw Nighthawk versus Hyperion, Yana Boredom. And 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 then there's a nice little uh little bit there that says um now mind you they were just walking down the street. street. <laughs> <laughs> you won't believe their mother shared the same. That you won't believe their mother share a first name. I was done. Okay, so now those of you who have yet to see Bat Heart Soup, I'm about to spoil it. And wait, so you wait, got. Wait, wait, let me help you out with this. Oh, spoiler alert! <laughs> that that poster is so funny because the reason why Bat and Soup stopped fighting is that their mothers are both named Martha. Now, mind you, having been very familiar with Superman ever since I was a kid, I just thought that I just knew that she was Ma Kent. I didn't put Ma as Martha, right? And I didn't think of of uh, Bruce's mother being Martha. But, you know, and I just never thought about it. I just never put the two together. But in this movie, they did. And that was the reason why Batman and Superman stopped fighting. Yeah, uh, let, let that ruminate in your head for about 12 seconds. Okay, there you go. So now, <laughs> so, you know, and there's a... Uh, 45 years. 45 years. You know what? This is one of those cases where 45 years of experience, yeah, yeah I can recognize crap. 
So, and, and, and so there's another. I, I had to save this image to post over on DC Superpowers Podcast Facebook page. Yes. Oh, yes, yes. I'm sure our distinguished competition will love to see this. Now, the funny thing is, there is a, that because Deadpool is an equal opportunity offender. Of course he is. You know, there's, he, he also takes the opportunity to poke fun at Marvel. Uh, in fact, there's one point here where Spidey is talking to him and he says, you know, he says something about how he feels like superhero movies are getting too gloomy and that, you know, why do the heroes want to fight each other? And shouldn't comic book movies be more comic? book friendly and uh deadpool says and this is a quote actually i insisted my movie be a hard r otherwise i was going to walk but i get your point and i love that deadpool is so self-aware that he is a comic book character oh yeah you know i love that so that's that's why that movie succeeded that's why that movie had to be r-rated it, was, it had to be. And I had a guy at work, but my nephew, he's 13. He loves Deadpool. He reads the crap out of the books. Well, shame on you for letting them read the crap out of the books because it's kind exactly. of borderline for the book, even. Exactly. Exactly. I'm like. Ah, you know, the thing is, just because. Well, just because it wears a costume. Huh? Again, Mac Mac's been reading Deadpool as well. Eric Lee lets him read it. So okay, maybe maybe it's a little more tolerable. But the movie did not need to be that way. No, no, the the the. But you know, the thing is, there are certain things that. See, here's the thing: Marvel kind of Marvel keeps Deadpool at a certain standard. And the truth is, a lot of the stuff that goes on is in your head, but the writers kind of lead you down a path. The right. thing is, the movie frees them up to say, "Hey, boom! You weren't just thinking it. This is what was actually going on." Right. So yeah, so we have that. Um, I you know it's. I I I I love that Deadpool uh, skewers. Um, you know he, he De- Deadpool's one of those it cross the crossing into the movie with the comic mm-hmm. is perfectly fine and acceptable because of the fact that you know the the, the titles alone are kind of separate themselves from the rest of the Marvel universe anyway. Yeah, but he's able to sweep squeak back in as needed. So well, you know, it, I mean, it's like uh, I I look. As much as I, well, you know, I'm a huge uh, Heroes for Hire, Hire Man and Iron Fist. Right. I love that. And I, I live for the opportunities to see Deadpool interact with them because I know the character Luke Cage. And I'm like, I'm like, how you guys, how how's, how's Luke Cage not, well, okay, you can't kill him, but how's Luke not just beat the crap out of the guy? You know? Yeah, yeah. You know, because he's, you know, he's that, uh, you know, well, well, here, I don't know. Here's another interesting one. Um, the Washington Post is where I got the story from. Right. They actually did something kind of right. With right. their history lately. Um, so their article goes like this. With counterterrorism team S.H.I.E.L.D. having seen better days after one too many decisions gone wrong, the security of the United States within the pages of the Marvel Comics universe has been up for debate. Okay. If you can't trust the super sp- secret spy organization. You think Fury's hiding something? He's a spy. Captain, he's the spy. His secrets have secrets. Yeah. Okay. Um, who, who can you trust? How about... 
AIM. Dun, dun, dun. No. The organization, formerly known as the Evil Advanced Idea Mechanics, has been rebranded as American Intelligence Mechanics. Uh-uh. <laughs> In charge will be Brazil- Brazilian billionaire mute Roberto da Costa. What? Where? Sunspot? We we like Roberto, <laughs> um, who will help introduce a super team that the American people can trust. The U.S. Adventure, U.S. Adventures, the U.S. Avengers. The first issue will de- debut this fall from Marvel Comics, featuring a DaCosta-approved roster of Thunderbolt Ross, the Red Hulk, Cannonball. An all-new Iron Patriot, a Captain America from the future, which is uh, Danielle Cage, daughter of Luke Cage and Jessica Jones. Oh, pa- my God. Pod, and unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Oh, wait, who who just came out and said they wanted to portray Squirrel Girl? Is it Kendrick? Uh, are, are you talking about... Uh, so what's her Christina name? Christina Hendricks? No, no. It's... Um, what's her name from... Uh, the Glee Club movie. Oh shoot! Oh, um, they've made two of them. Yeah, uh, you talk. Oh gosh, perfect pitch. Perfect, a uh, pitch perfect. Yes, pitch perfect. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's Kendrick. Oh yeah. Okay, you're right. Oh yeah. She. Well, I could see it. So I can't think of her first name. Anyhow, uh, writer Al Ewing will be scripting the new Star Spangled Team with artist Paco Medina producing the visuals. We need to try and get Ewing on the show, or well, maybe even Paco, depending on where he's at. Um, according to Ewing, we wanted a couple members that speak to the U.S. in the title. Hence, super scientist and supporting player Dr. Tony Ho stepping up to be the main team stepping up to the main team as the new iron patriot Um, anna kendrick yes and general ross waiting in the wings as red hulk um and of course (laughs) danielle cage the captain america of about 30 years in the future who will be joining us for at least the first arc as an enemy from her time cross comes into ours to stir up trouble and I, I'm digging these character sketches. Pod's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. I mean, these sketches are great. Squirrel Girl, awesome. Uh, Cannonball. I, I like how he's got that retro feel to him. Um, so, so, yeah, that's what we have there. Well, then. And, of course, you know, the book that everyone's been waiting for, Captain America, Steve Rogers, number two. Yes. Um... According to this one story, Marvel backtracks on Captain America revelation just after one issue. Oh, please. They didn't backtrack. It was written. We talked about it last month. It was already planned. Oh, my gosh. By the time issue one came out, issue two was already in production. Yeah, it was, if not at the printers, on its way. Okay, now, okay, how much trouble... Would I get in trouble if I read what is on the splash page at the beginning of Steve Rogers' Captain America number one? This... The writers gave it to you right then and there if you read this. It said, while fighting his way through S.H.I.E.L.D.'s reality-bending small-town super-prison. Reality-bending small-town super-prison, Pleasant Hill... An aged and depowered Steve Rogers was returned to fighting form by a sentient cosmic cube named Kubik. Sam Wilson, the current Captain America, 
offered to share the title, and with the Red Skull, Baron Zemo, and Kobik, all at the lar- all at large after the collapse of Pleasant Hill, the world needs two Captain Americas more than ever. Reality bending small right. town, ta- s- small town super prison. So, so it gets, it gets better. Um, Editor-in-chief Axel Alonso said uh, in an interview with comicbook.com that it will be revealed in Captain America number two that um, Cap just thinks he's a Nazi or, I mean, Hydra agent because, yeah, supposedly they're the same thing. It, wrong, they're not. Um, because he had false memories implanted by Kobik, the sentient cosmic cube who became a girl. And we talked about that potential fact. That what if what if this is the case and he was brainwashed, which explains why it happened the times in the past that people kept bringing up. Oh, how about here? How about here? Um, Nick Spencer just a month ago said the one thing we can say unequivocally is this is not a clone. It's not an imposter. Not mind control. Not someone else acting through Steve. This is Steve Rogers, Captain America himself. Well, it turns out it was some form of mind control, according to him. Well, no. This is some form of alternate reality planted into his head, mm-hmm. not mind control. That uh, planted memories is different from mind control. Mind control is what the purple man does. This, uh, what we're talking about, is like what happened to Wolverine, right? Having memories planted in his head—that's uh, not mind control. So yeah, I mean. Is he a higher it, agent? No, he's not. No. But it, it, it's what we, one of the theories that was suggested. Kubik, she's a four-year-old cosmic cube, mm-hmm. or a cosmic cube that's been transformed into a four-year-old. We know how four-year-olds think. It's not her. If Red Skull says, hey, this is who he was when he was younger, please, you know, and coaxes her into turning him in that way. Right. And guess what? New thoughts are put into his head that he thinks are real. Mm-hmm. It's not mind control. No. It's implanted thoughts. So that's what we have there. <sighs> I, I, you know, I, you know, I, I know that there are people who, who, you know, you know, if you don't like the, if you don't like the story, I get it. Don't buy the you book. Know. Don't buy the but book. Know, but there's still people who are going, oh, we know better. They they went back and changed. No, they did not change anything. It was already pre-written, pre-scripted. The I mean, path was you, already there. If, if people had any idea about what goes into the the production of a comic book, you will see that there's no way possible that, you know, they, they would have 30 days to write this book, uh, to, to write this book, uh, script it, draw, get it drawn out. I, I, I can't even right now. Let, for, for those of you who might have gone to the shows, let me break this to you. Sorry, it's a little bit of bad news. Well, I guess it could be the same way as what I did earlier. Oh, spoiler alert. The Sting Peter Gabriel concerts. Oh, it seems so impromptu that oh, it's so random that they went to this song. No, it was already the the set list for the night was already prescripted. Thank you. Yep, thank they knew you. they knew where that train was going. So it wasn't something that was oh, it was it was made up on the spot. Please, any band no. they, they any band knows what they're doing for the encore. Yes, for the first two encores, if it gets that far, right? Third encore, yeah. That's when they wing it. So that that just wow. Um, but courtesy of the Shazbots, it is that time again. 
Jarvis's uh, storage area. Uh, yeah. What's the word I'm looking for? Data banks? Yeah. Hey, hey, Jarvis, pull those up for us, please. For you, sir. Anything. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, guys, it's me. Uh, sorry I can't be with you this week, but if you remember those geriatric gerbils I was wrangling a couple of weeks back, well, apparently they got loose, and, well, let's just say that the cleanup is going to take a while. Rolling, rolling, rolling. Keep those gerbils rolling. Keep those gerbils rolling. Rawhide. That's the problem with geriatric gerbils. They are cunning in their old age. You just got to go in with an airtight game plan or else the whole thing just falls apart. We didn't have time to work out the minutia of the plan. You're an imbecile. This is what we get for acting altruistically. I'm Groot. They are ungrateful. Gentlemen, please. It's okay. All's well that ends well. We got them back in their pens. They're locked up tighter than Ronan's underwear. Uh, can I get back to this, please? I'm kind of in the middle of something here. You just want to suck the joy out of everything. I heard that. Anyway, here we go with my picks of the week for New Comic Book Day, July 6th. Deadpool versus Gambit number two, written by Ben Acker and Ben Blacker. Acker Blacker. There's a team for you. Uh, penciled by Danilo Bayruth. Deadpool and Gambit have put aside their differences to pull one last scam, swindling an object of mythical power out from under a Chinese businessman. Spoiler, it doesn't go according to plan. Can they talk their way out of this one? My second pick is Daredevil Punisher number three, written by Charles Soule, penciled by Simon Kodransky and cover artist Riley Brown. Now, getting to the airport is always a hassle. Getting a Russian mobster to the airport for trial relocation while avoiding the Punisher and mob associates can be deadly. Daredevil has plain blind spot well, but nothing can prepare him for what will happen next. And finally, my third pick of the week, Amazing Spider-Man number 15, written by Christos Gage and Dan Slott with cover artist Alex Ross. Power play comes to its rousing conclusion. Regent's master plan is working until Mary Jane Watson gets into the fray. Now, confession time, I just got to admit, I mainly chose this one because of Alex Ross's cover art depicting Mary Jane as the new Iron Spider. Showing! I am Groot. Well, yeah, I mean, that part goes without saying. But still, I mean, come on. Think about it. Anyway, guys, those are my picks for the week. So we'll see y'all next week. Assuming the gerbils don't get out again. Sounds like Eric just once would say, would you please check out Amazing Spider-Man number 15? <laughs> would, would, would. would. See, 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 see. I, no, I, no. <laughs> so, uh, to continue on. Number 12. <laughs> Says you. <laughs> um, uh, I'm 12. I, I, I'll completely own it. Yes. So why don't you go with your first pick? All right. My first pick is a Civil War. It's a Civil War 2 crossover. Uh, Civil War 2, X-Men number 2. Uh, the writer is friend of the show, Cullen Bunn. Uh, Penciler is Andrea... Andrea 
Procardo, and the cover artist is David Yarden. An inhuman with the power to profile the future has emerged, upsetting the delicate balance of power between the inhuman and mutant nations. And the mutant master of magnetism, Magneto, refuses to allow his people to fall by the wayside. Now, Magneto rallies those who would follow him to even to even the scales, even if it means risking war with inhumans and mutants alike to do it. Okay. Well, my first pick is a number one. Civil War Civil War Two Kingpin number one. Uh, writer is Matthew Rosenberg. An inhuman with the ability to predict the future has helped the heroes of the Marvel Universe clamp down on crime before it could even happen. Precogs? Huh? Huh? Um while this thwarts most criminals, one man has found a way to keep doing what he does best. Wilson Fisk has managed to stay one step ahead of the good guys. And his crime enterprise is booming. But what's the secret? Rising stars Matthew Rosenberg and Ricardo Lopez Ortiz present a gritty street-level view of Civil War II, starring the Kingpin in a world without crime. Wow. So your number two pick. My number two pick is uh, Vote Loki, number two. Uh, the writer is Christopher Hastings. The penciler is Langdon Foss. Cover artist is Trad Moore. Presidential candidate uh, Loki Lofenson is finding it hard to roll with the punches of the campaign trail. As if proving his eligibility isn't hard enough, the media has started the horrible rumor that his super PAC is actually a cult under Loki's control. Plus, the Marvel heroes finally figure out who successful how to successfully fight Loki in his new role. Attack ads. God donuts. bless Cap Donuts. <laughs> donuts. You think you think Donuts is the way to beat Loki if he decides that he wants to run for president with sprinkles? That would do it. <laughs> See, you know, I, I, at first I wasn't thinking about this book, but you know, it might just be fun enough that I have to give it a shot. Yeah. And that's why we make these picks of the week. That's true. Uh, my second pick is Captain America Sam Wilson, number 11. Civil War tie-in. With the battle lines forming, Sam must choose a side. That's it. Ah, okay. Well, uh, my final pick is Star Wars Poe Dameron, number four. Writer is Charles Soule. The penciler is Phil Noto. And the cover artist is also Phil Noto. Now, I don't. I didn't see it on my list. You must be special. I, you know what, it, it, it like if when I first went, it wasn't there, and I came back and there it was. I was like, well, okay, I'm gonna take it and run with it. So I don't know. Um, the next stop on Poe's mission is Gracchus the Hut, but Gracchus has been in Republic prison for years. You know what that means? It's oh my god! It's a hut, not life. Poe directly to jail. It's a hut, not a hut, not life. Oh my gosh, can, can, can the puns get any worse? <laughs> so, wait, is it my turn? It is yours. Ah, sorry. Got distracted for a second. That's okay. Um, my final pick is a classic. And of course, news came out this week that uh, it's ending. 
Howard the Duck number nine. Howard the Duck is ending? Howard the Duck is ending. I think it's ending with either issue 12 or issue 13. I'm sorry, man. Oh, I'm, I'm okay with it. It's been a great run. Um, Howard is back in New York City and on his strangest case yet, a missing person. His client, the missing person. <laughs> what? <laughs> Join us as Howard encounters aliens, Brooklyn, and network television with a special guest star. So shocking that I'm still shocked that we're allowed to do this. Seriously. <laughs> so, um, but we also have another special treat because it was Eric's week for the book club. That's true. So, um, we will, oh, we still got to do book club picks, or we still got to discuss book club. Oh, we do. Well, let's get, I'm going to play this of Eric's and, uh, now I'll get my notes for all new dupe. So this is the book club pick for July. Hey guys, it's me again with the book club selection for July 2016. Now this month's book club is inspired by our conversation last week regarding Guardians of the Galaxy and its original lineup. The book is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1, Issue 1, published in June of 1990. Written in pencil by Jim Valentino, inked by Steve Montano, colored by Evelyn Stein, lettered by Ken Lopez, and edited by Craig Anderson. Join Yondu, Charlie 27, Nikki, Vance Astro, Starhawk, Martinix, and Alita in the Marvel Universe of the 31st century as they embark on an epic quest to discover a mythical disc believed to grant invincibility to anyone who wields it known to those of us today as Captain America's Shield. But the trail seems to be growing cold. Is a legend just a bunch of hooey? Or are the Guardians not the only ones in search of the Shield? And just who is Taserface? Well, like they say on TV, read the book. And as a bit of a book club bonus, if you're interested in reading more about the founding of the Guardians and the circumstances that brought them together, then check out Marvel Superheroes number 18 from January 1969. The Guardians appear for the very first time in Earth Shall Overcome, one of three stories in the issue. Now, both these books and thousands more are found in Marvel Unlimited. Download them, read them, and check back in with us here on Mighty Marvel Geeks a month from now as we discuss these two books. Now, we'd love to hear your thoughts, too. Oh, hey, Mike, could you please tell the folks how they can share them with us? Thanks. We'll share... Oh, yeah. Uh, email us at mmg at weebegeeks.net. Um, that's the easiest way to share your thoughts and comments on, on the books of the month. So, or just on the show in general. Yeah. Um, cool. So, the book of the month for, or the book club pick from June was All New Dupe number one. Um, yes, I, I picked this. Yes, you did. It was either the bad or the ugly. <laughs> um, the, I, where to begin? <laughs> um, I, this was written by Peter Mulligan, and it, it's a great little, great little miniseries. Um, you know, he, Dupe is a member that is um, from Ex, Ecstatic, um, and he has this thing for Kitty Pride. <laughs> um, now, Dupe, the best way to describe him mm-hmm. is a more physical being sl- 
Slimer-like creature. Okay. Um, so, now, on the story side, it seems Dupe is less involved with his old drinking buddy, Wolverine, and more, in law, more involved in the life of Kitty Pride. Uh, seeing as she just did a major about-face in terms of her position in the X-World, thanks to the Battle of the Atom story, which I hated that story arc. I hated it. It reminded me of Peggy Sue Gets Married. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, the heart of the story is Dupe's relationship with Kitty. Uh, you know, we start to see it develop here in issue one. Um, but there, there's others too, from Cyclops and Iceman to the future X-Men. Um, it, it, it's, it's kind of hard to fully understand everything that happened unless you've read the story of All New Dupe, which is the, <laughs> the funny thing. I mean, this is like you had the Battle of the Atom and here's the Dupe story that's kind of the common thread to put little pieces together. Um, the whole, it, it's... <laughs> Yeah, it's one of those, where, just where do you go? I mean, well, it, you know, it's, uh, I was, um, I'm, I'm, I was looking at this and I'm just like, uh, the, the 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 random and the crazy is there. Yeah, <laughs> I was just like, I, I I think actually it feels a little more random and crazy than what we would get from Deadpool. I it just it just feels that way. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you you kind of get a sense of my weirdness, uniqueness on why I might pick strange things like this. Um, because this is the type of stuff I love. I love the the absurd. Right. And and, and you see that with this book, and and you get a good rough idea with it with this book. Um, it, it, it's it's a fun read. I, I will say that. Yeah, I mean, w- when you get all these, oh, Battle of the Atom, uh, Civil War, Civil War Two. This is just the reason why I like stuff like this, like Howard, like Squirrel Girl, is. If you watch dramas all the time on TV, mm-hmm. you're going to become a boring person. Yep, yep, yes. And, and you're going to become grouchy and and way too serious. This is, as my, I, mom, as my mom and my wife puts it, I'm Peter Pan. So <laughs> I, I bring that never grow up aspect to it. And that's why I like the books like this. Right. Well, it's, uh, because, you know, you need because that. Because it brings that lightheartedness back to you. So, yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, any final thoughts? Uh, no. Uh, oh well. Uh, if you're listening to this on, so the uh, when we normally put this out, uh, happy Fourth of July, and um, to our Canadian um, listeners, a uh, happy uh, Canada Day or a belated Canada Day. But yeah. So. Yeah. Well, on that note. Jarvis, if you would. All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? Nope, just time to go dark. See, I thought you so, guys would have fun with Doom. Yeah, well, you know, well, you know, when you said, when you said, oh, uh, it's all new Doom, and I'm like, really? All new Doom? But yeah, it's fun. It's I, fun. I, I'm, I'm curious to know just how many people have even bought this. Or, or read when it first came out. And now how many people are, are regretting they didn't pick this up when it did after reading the first issue? Exactly. You know? I mean, especially in the X-Universe, the stories are so serious. You know, it's going to have something that's fun. And I'm not a big X fan. Right. 
Right. So it's so this is this is your way of kind of being in that world, but not all mired in the, the darkness. Yeah. Well, how about this? I'm gonna drop the mic on you for next week, David Walker. Yes. 